uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Hello out there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. Come with us on a journey today as we celebrate the end of the usable internet with Motherboard Editor-in-Chief, Jason Kebler. Jason, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber and talking about Reddit and the general apocalypse of the internet that is currently going on. How are you doing today? I love to use the internet. Love to use it. Love to talk about it. Love to uh, love to be on the show. Uh, I've got a little bit of an echo on you uh, that I think is going to come through in the recording. Just throwing that note out there to the to our tech guys. If they can. I'll record on my end, but I don't. I don't know why that's happening. Um. So, big story in social media this week was the launch of Threads. Are you on Threads yet, Jason? Yeah, I'm on Threads. I got on Threads like within moments of it launching, like immediately after it came out. Do you I like it? I texted Emily actually, and I was like, "You got to help me get on Threads because I." Yeah, I was gonna Threads. say I need to fact check this. Jason was not on Threads within moments of it of it launching because within I was like on Threads. One hour. <laughs> yes, but if we're gonna be pedantic about this. I was on there first and then you were like, Emily, how do I get on threads? And I was like, I had to annotate images about where in Instagram you go to click buttons for Jason to join threads. It was, it was pretty simple, Jason. I'm a little worried. You couldn't figure out. No. So the the thing is I have two Instagram accounts and uh, it was only available on one of mine and the setting wasn't there for some reason. And then I had to get on threads on the one that worked And then I had to tell everyone not to follow me on my Finsta uh, because like all these people who I know are following me there. And then I had to log out of that account. And then I was able to log in with the account I wanted to use on threads. And now I'm on threads uh, and I have 118 followers. Do you, so you like it then you like the threads. It's not that I like it. It's that uh, I haven't jumped on Mastodon. I didn't get on Blue Sky. I have basically, like, I I tweet our articles on Twitter, but I pretty much don't use Twitter anymore. And so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it. Uh, Motherboard social media manager Emily Lipstein is also here with us. Emily, what did you make of Threads? I'm so upset about this whole thing. <laughs> Why? I, I was saying this to a friend last night that in the past year, as a social media editor, I have launched four new social platforms. Um, TikTok, uh, Mastodon, Blue Sky, and now Threads. Um, and it's just like we continue to grow social media for no discernible reason. And and by grow social media, I don't mean like, you know, grow our accounts and make them bigger. I mean, grow the number of accounts that we have. So it feels like we're just, you know, throwing up flags in different places and then abandoning those flags. Because why? Why do we need more of this? I, I, that's the thing I'm, I'm really having trouble with at this point. It definitely feels like we're moving horizontally instead of vertically, right? Like, yeah, wow. that's profound. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's like we're climbing the stairs of the silo now. Um, <laughs> so the way I take it is, it's like 
I'm not going to do Twitter and threads. I'm going to pick one or the other. I like personally have spent the last 12 years tweeting links to my articles and putting little pithy things on in text form on a social media website and getting feedback on those things. And there's currently not a place to do that except for Twitter. It's like, I'm not willing to do it on Facebook because Facebook's algorithm is terrible. And just like all of the worst people are on there and it's been bad for a very long time, like not willing to go back there. Instagram is a visual medium still Twitter. You know, it's like, I'm used to as a print journalist, like first and foremost, like for the most part, I'm like used to conveying information in text form. And it feels like TikTok is not that Facebook is not that Instagram is not that Twitter has been that, but Twitter is bad now. And so I don't, I've written a thousand bad articles about Mark Zuckerberg. I have no love for the guy. It's just like, I think Janice had a really good line in one of uh, her, the articles that we wrote about threads this week. It's like the second worst person on earth has created a social media platform called threads that uh, is perhaps going to supplant a social media platform owned by the first worst person on earth. <laughs> it's like, I'm not so cheering true. for either of them, but um, it's like, it, it, there's something a little heartwarming about the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is paying attention to social media again instead of the goddamn metaverse. It's like, <laughs> oh, look, the, his quaint his quaint plans now are just to create a one billion person social media network uh, versus recreating reality, but in a terrible headset form with for a bunch of brands. Um, it's kind of retro. It's kind of retro. I think... Part of what we're seeing is we had this really weird moment uh, from like maybe 2015 to 2020-ish where Twitter was this giant all-encompassing space, uh, like this huge like this huge square where everyone was kind of involved. Everyone was talking politicians, journalists, shit posters. Everyone was in the same playpen for a little while. I don't know if that was sustainable beyond just Musk because uh, some people just aren't going to get along. And so we're having this, this fracturing um, precipitated by Musk really fucking the site up really bad. Uh, and people there's like, neither one of you are on blue sky. Is that what I'm getting? Cause that's my favorite of the alternatives so far. I have one, but I don't post on it. I, I like yeah. got one. Emily, thank, thankfully, my uh, my shepherd here leading me to new social media platforms and getting me on them gave me an invite um, a while back. But just I'm I'm gonna be like brutally transparent. It's like I'm on Twitter because I have the most followers on Twitter. It's like when I post something on Twitter people click on the links or give me feedback or retweet it and share it. And that is me. It's like, it's part of my job. Mm -hmm. If it were not part of my job, I would not be on Twitter. And I I don't say that like facetiously. It's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there. There's no reason for me to be there other than in a professional sense. 
And I think that that's the case for a lot of journalists. I know that there's a, a lot of, well, there's a lot of people who consume Twitter, but do not tweet. Yes. Um, and like, there's been lots of, you know, studies on this. It's like Twitter is full of power users um, who tweet incessantly. They, be, they poison their brains. They become really <laughs> annoying. And I've tried to avoid that. It's like, I am probably pretty annoying on it, but for the most part, I use it to like share important journalism from motherboard. And so I have essentially zero interest in going on Mastodon or blue sky and tweeting to 100 people or 1000 people who follow us when on Twitter, it's like pretty regularly. I mean like once a month or something, I'll tweet something and then it goes really viral and millions of people see it. And like, that is the utility of Twitter to me as a person. It is like through a career type lens. And so for me, it's like threads. I'm only going to use threads if it's useful for motherboard in the long term. where it's like, we got a scoop. I'm going to tweet the scoop. Here's a thread about it for people who want to consume it in this fashion and share it onward and like interact with it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I get no joy out of, posting something and getting one like and being like, wow, I'm glad I said that on the internet versus on a group text. Um, and like, maybe that's cynical of me, but it's, it's how I've always used it. It's always been a tool for my work. And Twitter has become a way worse tool for our jobs. And if that is somehow recreated on threads, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's the only like credible alternative out there to me, like then I'll be there. If it's not useful to our jobs, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to post. I don't care. And see, for me, I'm more on the consumption side. I don't tweet well or often. Certainly, I get uh, a fire in me sometimes and do and like say dumb stuff on there. But for me, it was always much more about watching like subject matter experts, especially like a lot of conflict and tech and nuclear people were on Twitter saying really important things, doing some really incredible threads. Um, and like that energy is dissipating from Twitter as well. And it seems like most of it's moving to blue sky for me. Um, certainly like a lot of the weirdos that I enjoy following and seeing like their shit posts are on blue sky, but also like in the last week or two, a lot of the nuclear experts have migrated over there and have started posting there instead. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's worth it for me to be on blue sky to see that stuff. Um, see like people talking about drones and talking about like the nuclear power plant in Ukraine and what's going on there in, in like a high information, interesting way. Um, and I, Threads to me feels like it's going to be um, a desert of brands. That was, you know, I was only on it for like an hour before I was like, I don't want to do this. But it, it just seemed like it was all Mr. Beast and Wendy's and Ellen DeGeneres. Um, the old blue checks talking to each other, essentially, um, and not I mean, much they, room for the shit posters. They do have blue checks there because it's Instagram and you can attach your account. Like your Instagram account kind of, you know, shores up your threads account there. So if you are blue checked on Instagram, which is something that you recently have been able to start paying for in an Elon-ish way, but is still has still still has some semblance semblance of like, you know, this person actually matters in in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, you're I agree. It's it's very much just the brands going in. And I say this as someone who, you know kind of runs a brand account. Right. Um, 
I have no desire to post there personally or professionally. I don't think it's going to be useful. I think people really want it to be useful and really want to see it as an alternative to Twitter. But I think we're all really kidding ourselves if we think that Twitter can be recreated anywhere. Yeah. It, again, it really feels like we had this moment where we were all in a public space. We saw each other for, we saw each other and we we're like, you know what? I don't want to spend quite as much time around all of these people. Let's retreat to our individual like niche sites again. And that's part of like a broader thing. I think that's going on with the internet right now. Um, well, people, you know, after the 2016 election, which was a thousand years ago at this point, Facebook was blamed for, you know, we don't need to get into it, but but basically the big conversation was like social media is creating these silos through algorithms. And mm-hmm. it's like, there was a, that wall street journal thing, like red feed, blue feed, where it's like, here's what Republicans see on Facebook. Here's what Democrats see on Facebook because Facebook has you so pegged that it's just showing you content that you're interacting with. Um, and there's still that algorithmic silofication of social media. But what is happening now is that there's actually a, like we're doing it by platform. We're self-selecting into different platforms. So rather than seeing different stuff on the same platform, everyone is just on a different platform. And so I don't know what's going to happen, but I could see a world in which it's like, Truth social is for hardcore Trump people like far, far right. Twitter is for like the people who have big followings on Twitter because that's been the default place. It's like Elon has obviously made it much more hospitable to the right, but there's still tons of journalists who are like never going to leave Twitter because they have millions of followers. Um, And maybe they can't recreate that on Instagram or, or threads rather threads will be for the celebrities who had a huge following on Instagram and could instantly recreate that on threads. Mastodon is for what Mastodon has become, which is like infosec people, hacker types, academic types. I think people who fundamentally care about like privacy and open source and just like are a little more technically inclined I guess. And then blue sky is like maybe where like the weirdos are going to post like no offense. Weirdo. I say that lovingly, Um, but it's like, it's, it's a little bit easier to get onto than um, it's like more shit posting, I guess it is. It's, it's like shit post central. Like uh, for a while, there's like a week where all it was, was alf pornography Uh, was like the main thing that people were posting on blue sky, which was very entertaining. Um, But that kind of tells you what kind of place it is. Right. Um, so one more thing on threads though, it's like some, some people are like, Oh, we we've been saved. Like Mark Zuckerberg has come in. There's an adult in the room. This is the thing. Everyone's going to move here. We're going to do Twitter, but we're going to do it on threads. And it's the fastest downloaded app of all time. Like it's got, I don't know, like 50 million downloads or something when we're recording this. So people are downloading it, but how many times has there been a hype social media network, even from Facebook, uh, where a bunch of people download it, they use it for like a day and then they never look at it again. It's like, it is not a foregone conclusion that threads is going to be anything in my opinion. It's like, maybe, maybe it becomes the one that 
everyone starts posting to, but it's like, I don't know, Facebook launch, Facebook dating. I don't think that Facebook dating has been like a big success. Um, it's like, it didn't supplant like Tinder and hinge and all these other ones. And so I think it's very possible that in three weeks we'll be like, haha, remember threads. Um, or, or it could become big. Like I have no idea. And anyone who says that they know, like has no, they don't know. No one knows. It's like, it's either going to have an organic community. People are going to move there and stay there and post there, or it's going to be a graveyard like pretty soon. Yeah. I yeah. imagine, I imagine like, uh, a, 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 the desolation between big cities filled with billboards that no one's paying attention to is what I see. Well, to that point, too, I feel like so far, like Threads has not been very hospitable in the back end side of things to brand accounts. Um, just from my own personal experience, it's like th- on Instagram, you can easily like tab back and forth between accounts. But on Threads, so far, you have to log out and then log in with the other one. There's no desktop version yet. Um it's just like, I know that it's extremely new within the past, I don't know, couple of days. But if this really is supposed to be a brand space, so far, Threads is really dropping the ball on that. And I don't know. I very much, there's like that meme of, you know, social you know social media editors, social media managers sitting out behind the McDonald's, smoking a cigarette, head in hand, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out this next um, social network that they now have to do as a part of their, their job and how they make money to pay rent and eat. And I'm like, I hate it here. <laughs> I truly hate it here. All right. Cyber listeners want to pause there for a break. We'll be right back after this. Oh. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side. Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, cyber listeners, welcome back. We are talking about that sweet, sweet collapse. Well, you know, thank God we've got Reddit, what Jason has called one of the last good social networks. Surely everything at Reddit is just fine and peachy. Right, Jason? We got a correction request from Reddit today that was like among the dumbest emails we've ever gotten. I can't hear Jason. I can. Uh, okay. Can the stream hear me? He's good now. Okay, you're good now. I'm good now. I'm good now. We got like the dumbest email from a Reddit spokesperson today tr- asking for a correction on one of our stories that was like one of those emails where nothing is wrong, but things like clearly things are not going well at our company. <laughs> and so I'm going to send you this email anyway. And it was based on the fact that um, we did a piece yesterday about how porn is broken on any third party app on Reddit, which, you know, we've talked about Reddit a, a handful of times on this stream. Um, 
essentially like last month, Reddit announced that it was going to start charging for API access, which breaks a bunch of ways that people interact with Reddit. Uh, I don't think we need to go like deep into it since we have talked about it before, but basically there's a lot of third party apps that are not the official Reddit app that people use to interact with Reddit or people use to post on Reddit, view Reddit, etc. I use this app called Narwhal. There's one called Apollo that is used by like millions of people. Uh, there's one called like Bacon Reader, so on and so forth. And Reddit announced it was going to start charging based on uh, like usage. And so it was the more people interact with Reddit servers from those third-party apps, the more those third-party apps would have to pay. And so those third-party apps were like, we can't do this financially. We're going to shut down. And so then there was a very big protest that is still sort of ongoing where a lot of big subreddits shut down for a while. And then when they came back, a lot of them created very interesting rules um, like r slash picks only allowed uh, images of John Oliver for quite some time. And uh, then- one of the ones that I was in was just Don Cheadle pictures and they've kept it up uh, much longer than I expected them to. Yeah. The attention span is like pretty impressive on some of these protester actions. Um, and th- so the moderators are protesting because a lot of moderators use third party apps to, interact with reddit it's like some of the third-party apps have better moderation tools than the official reddit app i don't like the official reddit app i've said that like many times but it sucks it's not good it's like slow i don't like how it looks blah 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 and so for a while reddit was like okay we're not that mad about this like just let the moderators uh protest and we will like this too shall pass right and then after about a week, Reddit started like threatening the moderators who, again, are unpaid. They're not paid. Uh, they bring tons and tons of value to Reddit as a company, which uh, we did an article about. It's something like it's tens of millions of dollars in labor costs alone, let, a, let alone like the actual community building aspect of it and the fact that they keep Reddit like safe for ads because they do, you know sort of the hard work that other companies pay for. I believe it was $3.6 million a year in unpaid labor is what the calculation was. Yeah. Um, So anyways, Reddit admins start sending messages to like these protesting um, moderators being like, you need to open your subreddit again, or we're going to remove you as a moderator, like more or less. Um, And so some, some of that has happened. Then we get to the point where uh, Reddit CEO Steve Huffman said that we're not going to allow not safe for work content on third party apps for some like Byzantine reason that no one that he didn't say he's right. he like didn't explain it. Um, lot, there's a lot of porn on Reddit and a lot of people use Reddit for porn. Um, it's the lifeblood so, of the internet, really. Yeah, and so this is breaking essentially breaking a core functionality of their website on these third party apps in a way that um a way that would probably cause a lot of people to move to the regular reddit app and so we wrote an article about this and then a reddit spokesperson was like well actually 
98% of third-party apps are not subject to API changes, which is very interesting because the ones that aren't subject to the API changes are the ones that no one uses because if you if you like only use it a little bit, then it's still free. But essentially, I think what they're saying is like there's a ton of third-party apps that no one uses because it's very easy to create one. So there's like dozens and dozens of apps that no one is using that are unaffected by this. Whereas the popular ones that everyone is using are affected by this. You still can't access any porn from third-party apps. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's not going well. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be asking you to make that kind of distinction. Are you going to, if, if, you know, they were, if they weren't worried about it at all, right? Right, right. Is, is Reddit not profitable? Does it not make money? Reddit is not profitable okay. and they're trying to IPO is like, that's, that's like what is going on here. And the other thing is, is that Reddit is getting massively scraped right now by machine learning algorithms. And so it's API is getting hit really hard because Reddit is a very organized website. If you think about it, it's like there are titles for the posts. There are comments that are ranked by upvotes and downvotes. And so there's a lot of information that is very useful to a machine learning algorithm and AI um, large language model on Reddit. And so like parts of, you know, GPT-4 were trained on Reddit, like Google Bard was trained on Reddit, various other, like uh, Facebook's Llama was trained on Reddit. And Reddit incurs costs every time people hit their server and it wasn't charging any money for it. And so rather than entering into some sort of contract or changing its terms of service saying like AI large language models can't scrape our website without paying us. They simply were like pretty much everyone has to pay us who's using the uh, API for any, for most any reason there's some carve outs, but for like most reasons they now have to pay. It's funny how so much of this stuff comes back to, so much of the stuff that is underlying why things feel like they're breaking apart on the usable internet comes back to automated systems like large language models and API scraping. Uh, you have these great beasts that are attempting to devour all of the internet to create like a chat interface. Um, and the end result is the people that are actually generating the content get screwed and find most of the stuff completely incomprehensible and unusable. Like the first three, and then we've joked about in, uh, before that, like if you try to Google something now, the first three results are just incomprehensible SEO optimized three, three pages of results are just unlike uncomprehensible SEO optimized, like a garbage. Right. And if you had read it to your search string, you often get what you're looking for. Right. I was going to say, you just add Reddit and then it's like, okay, here's human <laughs> um, like explaining a thing without 700 words of preamble in SEO chat before it. So do you think like, what do you think, where, where do you see the usable internet going in like the next five, 10 years? So I just, I feel like this large language model stuff I'm kind of, I'm skeptical of it. I don't think it's going to end up working out. I think we're already starting to see some of the hype train die off and like the, some of these early lawsuits 
uh, people, you know, accusing it of violating copyright, um, which I think Corey Doctorow has been on and has talked talked about that a little bit with us. Uh, where do you see this going? I think it's hard to say. I think that in the short term and what we're already seeing is, well, there's been kind of a lot of discussion of like, will it be hard to discern what is AI content and what is not? And I would say that that has not been the case thus far. It's like there's a few images that have gone viral where it's like, is this real? Is this not real? It's hard to say. I think what is more likely is that discoverability in the short term is going to get way worse and way harder. And we've already seen that on Google. I think that we're going to just be spammed with, uh, with AI generated like nonsense and it won't be hard to tell that it's AI generated, but it will be hard to find stuff that is not because you can make just like shitloads of free shitty AI content and put it out there. And then, like you said, the first three pages of Google are like Drek and Google and Bing are increasingly like putting AI search results in like organically in there. There's already tons of ads on search social media filled with bots and filled with people who act like bots um, because they don't have personalities anymore. Um, And so I think that in the short term, that's what's going to happen. I think that there's probably going to be some sort of backlash. I think that you're already seeing it. As you said, it's like, there's a bunch of lawsuits, which I don't know if that's going to move the needle, but I do think that there's going to be a demand for, I saw someone call it organic human created content, like free, free range human content. Um, and that's a funny way of putting it, but I, I think that that is sort of the way that this is going. And then the other thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up cause I'm rambling, um, is that humans are going to use AI tools to make stuff. I already do it all the time. Um, which does not mean I don't use it in our writing, but I use it a lot in our like research process. I've used it to like synthesize documents. Uh, the big one that I think I've mentioned on the show before is like Premiere. Adobe Premiere has various like text editing, text transcription tools and editing tools that I use that makes my job a lot faster and easier. Uh, I think that it is naive to say that AI is not going to have like any impact on anything. It already has. It already is. I think that it's going to change how we work, but you're going to need like a very smart human in the loop to to create anything good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been using Otter, which is a transcription AI for years now, I think. And I would say like that took that has taken a job that would be like would maybe take you all day to transcribe uh, an interview you had with somebody and turned it into something that is over in five minutes. Like it's an incredible amount of labor saving. And it used to be pretty bad as it used to make lots of errors, Mm -hmm. but as the technology has improved and as it's gotten, you know, more training data, it's gotten pretty damn good. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. And like, just even when it was bad, the amount of labor you would save, just not having to sit and do your own transcription was it's stunning. It's a stunning amount. Of, it was like the word, one of the worst parts of the job 
was transcribing um, a phone interview. And right. like, that's just gone. So yeah, and it's like there are jobs that are transcriber, like transcriber was a job for a long time. And I think it's going to increasingly not be a job. And we should think about that. But at the same time, it's like, it's a pretty tedious job. It's very tedious. Um, and if we can replace that with AI, that is probably a good thing. Um, the other, the other like thing I want to mention here is that it does feel like something. I, something I've harped on about before is that I, I think in the short term we're going to see this thing where all of our online spaces are flooded with AI generated spam, and we retreat from them much in the same way that like you don't answer your phone anymore. Most of the mail, you physical mail you get is garbage. Even your email inbox is filled. Like most of the things that you get in your inbox are, are trash, right? Um, things that you wouldn't even ever open. Uh, it f- I have 308,000 unread emails. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but increasingly, because of the systems that we've set up, the way the internet is built, uh, it makes sense for a company to create a robot that makes content that is viewed by another robot that algorithmically sorts it into uh, web results that a, a human may never look at, but for the purposes of robots, registers as like a hit on an ad read, right? And that brings me to like what happened on in GeoMedia this week where it's fi- it started publishing AI-generated articles and we got a lovely like Star Wars article on on IO9, uh, which is like the Gizmodo sci-fi vertical, um, which just it was it was all it was was a chronological list of Star Wars content. Um, yeah, there was a uh, Deadspin article that was like the fifteen most valuable sports franchises, um, which was written by AI as well. Was and, number one the New York Mets? <laughs> <laughs> Number one was uh, was the I don't know <laughs> the vice softball team. True. Yeah, but um, people aren't reading those articles. Like those are not meant for human consumption. Uh, yeah. Right. It's it's meant yeah, for. Sigh. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. And the reason I say I don't know is because. My first job was as an intern at U.S. News and World Report, uh, and my first job was to write like slideshows, more or less. And one of the articles I wrote was like top ten most populous U.S. cities, and that article has been updated like thirty times since 2011 when I wrote it. And if you go to usnews.com right now, they updated it to make it seem like I wrote that article like last week. Um, which is not super ethical um, because I haven't like talked to anyone there for eight years, something like that. 10 years, probably. Um, It's like, I don't know. People search top, you know, top 15 most, they're like, what is the most valuable sports franchise? And the hope with that article is that it will surface to the top of a Google search and people will click it. Whether people are clicking it or whether like other robots are clicking it is a great question. And I think that uh, 
you know, God bless him, Elon Musk, uh, our, our close friend, did a rate limiting thing on Twitter this last week where you could only view a certain number of tweets per day, which is crazy. But the, nominally, the reason that that happened was because AI was like scraping Twitter at a really high rate. And there's been like numerous scandals over the years where you have like a video created by a publisher that is sponsored by an advertiser that has fake video views on it. And those fake video views are either sometimes they're real and they're just like paid for like they're advertised. And so they surface on Facebook's algorithm or whatever, but other times it's like straight up like robots are watching this video and like Honda is paying for it (laughs) by the view or whatever. And so I think your point about like AI might be creating content for other AI that like companies are then paying for based on the click or whatever is like entirely possible, plausible. It's definitely already happening. Whether that's the intent, I don't know. I would bet you any amount of money that there's some TikTok hustler right now doing something resembling like a drop ship, not a, not actually a drop shipping scheme, but like something where it's like, I have a blog. It's written entirely by AI. It's automated. I'm not a journalist. I don't care if the information is real or not. I'm putting ads on it and other, other ones of my robots are reading it and I'm getting paid by how many robots are, are clicking it. And they're making TikToks about it that are saying, like, if you're not doing this, you're not hustling. You don't care. You need a side gig. You need a side hustle. Like, this is the pay, type of... Pay me ninety nine ninety nine, and I will teach you this system. Yeah, read my ebook that was written by ChatGPT about how I did this and how you can get rich, too. Like, that is definitely happening already. And we've already seen, like, this is tangential to this, but we've already seen uh, another story we wrote about last week is... Amazon filling up with AI written books that hit the that were hitting the bestseller lists. What exactly was going on here? Uh, yeah, so so people were just automatically generating books using presumably ChatGPT, self publishing them to Amazon, and then I believe in the young adult romance section, something like thirty five of the top fifty books were just AI generated nonsense. It was just. You know, you could read the sample, and there was there was nothing there. It was just it Chil- was, it children's was books. Also, had gotten really bad because they're simple, uh, and you can use like mid journey art as well to kind of put everything together. So there was a lot of kids' books that had hit uh, that were doing big big numbers on Amazon for a little while. Right. Um, we were so yeah. I mean, there, there's a possibility where you know. Amazon isn't really known for its great content moderation. And so it didn't remove these. Well, the, it, it never removed the books. The books are still up there, but they're no longer on the bestseller list. And it was really unclear why they were on the bestseller list, whether humans were buying these books or whether other robots were buying the books um, to push it up the bestseller list to entice humans to buy it or whether there was some other scheme happening there. Um, hopefully we'll be able to figure that out, but there's all sorts of stuff like that happening right now. Yes. Yeah, someone in that chat asks, what is the actual point of this? Do people buy them? How does the spammer make money? I would say 
like you said, it dep- there's probably a bunch of there's different income streams for the spammer. Some people may just be trying it out, but I but I guarantee that there are there's a TikTok video somewhere, as Jason said, where someone is selling the system for making money that is like a hundred bucks, and I bet that that is where the sca- the spammer slash scammer is actually making their cash is selling the system on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's the social engineering they do where they get like desperate people who are looking for a side hustle, uh, kind of roped in. And that is probably where they're actually making their money. Not from like selling these auto generated books on Amazon. Right. It's my suspicion. Should we wrap it there? I think we should wrap it there. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and play our lovely outro music. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cyber. If you like us, if you really like us, we are recording these live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash vice. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Fridays. Uh, we do talk about uh, talk a lot about a lot of other different issues uh, outside of what is recorded on this discreet podcast. So please tune in at twitch.tv forward slash vice uh, to watch us record this live. You will not be disappointed. And we follow will talk to you next. And follow Jason on threads, please. He's begging you. He's begging yeah. you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.